no chance. What's up, everybody? This is No Chance Podcast, as always. Ryan. And Nate. And, um, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we I did the intro one. today. That was kind of weird. But we were trying anyway. to figure that one out, but I think it went pretty well. Um, I thought you were going to say your name first, and then you looked at me, and I was like, oh, it's uh, my turn. <laughs> what's my name? Uh, <laughs> but as always, thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode, episode 22. That's almost two dozen. Um, we're a little bit on the quiet side, but kind of try, still trying to stay a little bit, you know, loud and, and project. We're in the library, so we're trying to keep it down. But this kind of brings us back to our roots of day one. We would come to, uh, we'll, we'll say where we're at if you guys want to come visit us anytime we decide to pop up. But we're at San Francisco State in, um, what do you call this? Like a, It's like a study. 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 <laughs> It's like a group study room. Study room. Yeah. Um, yeah but uh, we used to come here all the time to, to practice recording. Um, like during episodes. the summer, like yeah. almost six months ago. It was completely empty. We yeah. did maybe five or six takes of this same episode. So it got kind of repetitive after a while. We felt like it was kind of rehearsed. But hey, man, we got it knocked out. And here we are today to, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, um, what are we, yo, what are we on, getting into? Hold yeah, on yeah. one sec. 100 and i wish it was updating right now i don't have service because we're in like a basement but i'm gonna assume 150 listens within one week amazing amazing we we're coming from barely getting 100 listens in three months for some episodes yeah and so, for getting that in less than a week that's really good i'm very proud of us i mean that's doing that. in the big in terms of like the grand scheme of oh, things yeah, it's a very small achievement yeah. but I mean, for right now, like it's, you know, that's for, for our little grassroots movement. <laughs> I'm going to say 150 in a week is amazing. Uh, we have some episodes that have been up and I'm looking back at it now. Pause. We've had for like one episode, it's been up for about four months and only has 116 listens. Which one is that? That was the one with the other Marcos. Oh yeah. That one was. Makes sense why it yeah. only has 115 listens, but Definitely, definitely, definitely huge shout out to everybody that listens to the episode once, twice, or three times. That is fucking crazy. 144 in a week. Like, I'm just asking for 100. We did like 60 in the first day. The first day. Yeah. I remember I texted because you were in Vancouver when, yeah. after you posted that, and I was like, hey, we got 60 listens Insane. in one day. And Insane. I was, I was super checking, surprised. I was watching it sort of like blow up like every 30 minutes i'm like holy shit that's five that's five just counting and counting and counting so if anything thank you guys for for really resonating with that episode that was definitely off the top of the dome and we just thought that that would be like a really cool like segue into sort of like our next endeavor which yeah. we'll speak about a little bit later maybe today maybe another episode who knows i think we should save that for when it oh, actually yeah, definitely you know um but, but yeah i think it was the title I think I think so. Yeah, because it speaks to everybody. Yeah, it's very straightforward. How to build a brand for dummies. Not to say that everybody's dummies, but hey, if you don't know what you're doing, you're a dummy. Um, this episode um, is sponsored by nobody, and we were thinking, <laughs> like, you know, it would be amazing if we did have a sponsor, and we've been getting, you know, a couple of people, a couple of brands to reach out to us, but you know, 
if you decide to you know maybe flow some free shit or or not whatever we're getting you know you're waiting we're waiting for the big fish we don't want any you guppies shout out to everybody that has reached out to us so we definitely appreciate you guys yeah keep listening to the episodes listen to episode 21 over and over and over again yeah because that kind of resonates. that was a good episode i think that was one of my favorite episodes that we've done lately it was a good episode not only for the numbers i think just in general what that means and how we sort of like kind of went back in time to like the first episode or just the the idea of what we're doing i think it's pretty good like i think it was great yeah off the top of the dome but let's get into like some like typical update stuff because it's been i want to say over a week since, since we last recorded you've last recorded yeah i think it was what last, last monday, monday and it's thursday now so yeah. it's been like a week and a half and nate's yeah. a busy guy and i haven't now been that able i'm to not in, jobless <laughs> i haven't been able to get in touch with him in terms of like having a steady conversation so it's cool to like come to the podcast and be like all right let's unload everything that we've been looking at for like the past week and a half because i was gone i was in vancouver canada I know I've been kind of traveling all over the place. We've traveled since we started this podcast and we talk about it every time we go somewhere. We've we've moved around a lot. We yeah, went to New I York. mean, we went to New York, we went to LA. LA for, yeah. uh, my, I went to Miami and then Vancouver. So we're definitely moving around a lot. But um, while I was out there, I had a chance to go to Livestock and Haven. You know Haven, Yeah, right? Haven. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. They're in Vancouver? Yeah, they're, they're oh, wow. in Vancouver. It was pretty awesome. They have some really cool people out there. Obviously, Vancouver is kind of like kind of small in the grand scheme of things, especially with in terms of streetwear. So the shops had, you know, your typical um, kind of reminded me of like a union in Los Angeles. So it had the Visfilm, the, the Stone Island and stuff like that. Nothing worth buying, to be honest. But for the most part, they're pretty cool. Livestock's really cool. Livestock's What do awesome. they carry there? They have a lot of fucking awesome. They have a lot of Nike. The, um, it, it just felt like like your your like local like true to to your roots streetwear shop. Felt like undefeated, but for Vancouver, Canada, which is cool. And they get all the releases and stuff too. Which yeah, is, which I've is heard awesome. of them before, but I didn't yeah. know like what kind of store they, they were. Some cool stuff out there. Shout out to everybody in Vancouver. Um, I know nobody from Vancouver listens to us because I checked all the stats on SoundCloud. But if you are from Vancouver, shout out to you. Um, oh, did you happen to see? Um, remember we talked about in the episode we were like predicting shit. Um, how we said the chunky sneaker was gonna make an even bigger like explosion or even like die down i thought it was gonna die down i thought that the the wave runner yeah the easy that was like gonna be the peak or like the balenciaga or whatever but from what i just saw i don't know if you've seen it but i thought it was until you just kind of denied it but the asap rocky under armor shoe do you see that yeah i saw like alleged pictures of it but i I saw on twitter i saw on twitter that he replied to that hypebeast article. It was an, a hypebeast article, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw him reply to that article on Twitter saying that oh, he that was them false. And everything? Yeah, damn. But I don't know if that was. I don't know. I don't, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know if those are real. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you if you did see it and um, and you said you saw it, right? Yeah. If that really is his shoe, you think it was well done for it being Under Armour? For it being Under Armour, yes, because nice. like. They really don't have a standard. Yeah. Have like I mean, a, a bar to hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, 
Well, let me put it this way. Once you're at rock bottom, you can only go up from there. This is true. <laughs> so I've never I think, watched SpongeBob. You know that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's so true. I think in terms of Under Armour, yes. Like it's definitely a step forward in the right direction. Would I wear it? No. Yeah. Do I think it's a successful sneaker? Like in general? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. Another one that did happen to pop up as well which surprisingly is not too bad but obviously like you just said it's cool but i'm not gonna wear it it was the two chains and versace right yeah versace Versace shoe first of all i have never seen a versace shoe and that was the first time and it's not that bad it's probably really pricey though it wasn't the best i honestly (laughs) didn't i didn't care for it much i mean it reminds me of like a Versace, like air more up tempo. Yeah. <laughs> like the way that it's shaped. And only I know maybe like two people in the world that wear those shoes and they look trash on feet regardless. Uh, air more up tempos you could get away with, but a shoe like that, I probably, yeah, probably would just shy away from in general. in general. I wonder how well it's going to do, like once it goes on sale. That would be really interesting to see. It's a good, and, and we'll get into this, this conversation in a second, but. There's a lot of talk about these these high fashion um, designer, as they once were known as, um, companies to create something that's within viable range of like you can like when you see the two chains in Versace shoe, you almost think like, I think I could afford that, right? You kind of you kind of see that because it's like because it's with two chains probably. I feel like I, I get mean that. he does have a show that's called the most expensive. Yeah, shit, that's true. So but cool. I feel like he's like. His ability to sell things with his name attached to it doesn't go too high. It's not like he doesn't have the reputation. It's not like I'm saying it's not like I'm gonna go out of my way to buy it because it's a two exactly. chains. You don't. You definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. I don't even think anybody's ever bought like a pair of or, or like a two chains merch t shirt or a tour t shirt. Like I mean, I I'm sure there are there I don't are people know, out like, there. It's not but... something that you flaunt though. No. You know, it's not like, oh, I went to the Yeezy show and I got the shirt or ASAP Rocky wore this. I'm, I'm going to wear this. It's like two chains. Uh, he's just cool to listen to, but I'm not yeah. going to like buy anything associated with this name. It's like buying a pair of like Birdman lugs. Shout out to Birdman <laughs> getting his mansion for clothes or Dude, whatever. Getting his mansion taking fr- Birdman, from Birdman, if you listen to this, make sure you pay people, please. Yeah, Thank on, you. Man. Cut the check, Birdman. Cut the check. Yes. Um, let's, let's get into our, our, oh, actually, Last one, because this is something that a lot of people are going to start talking about, is there's a lot more leaks of these fucking off-white 2.0s. Well, yeah, he d- debuted him at his uh, Paris Did you show. watch it? Did you have a chance to watch I it? I didn't watch it. I saw kind of like a recap of it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I saw that there definitely were Jordan 1s in the all-white color. They're way. nice. They're, they're nice. They're nice. Yeah. I would... I think I would prefer the traditional colorway. Yeah, me too. But the white ones are nice. They remind me of those like Japan metallic silvers that, Ooh, that were back in the day. Yeah. That's what they look like. But the okay, this is the thing that I have against these fashion shows because they're less and less about the actual clothing and more so about like who attends the shit. Yeah, well I mean if is you it Fashion Week? Yeah. In, in Milan? It just ended. Oh. I think it just ended today. Um, nice. Yeah, Men's Fashion Week has been going on like these past few weeks. But like the whole thing with runway is that a lot of the pieces are meant to be worn and a lot of the pieces don't make it uh, to the consumer as well. So they're just really? kind of, yeah. 
So for instance, like, um, like some of the pieces that, or like a piece that I have yeah. that I just got recently, it's a runway piece. So it's Whoa. not a, it wasn't really released to the public. It was more just for the show. Oh shit. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. It's definitely some, um, an insight you'll start to be able to provide for me, which yeah. I know nothing about. Yeah. Cause Nate now works at Acne Studios. Did we ever All mention right, that? Don't, okay. Don't Did we ever the mention spot, that? man. I'm just don't saying, man, if spot. you guys ever want to visit him, he's don't, at please don't. Acne Studios. Okay. Um, but the reason why we, we wanted to, to mention that last piece of sort of Virgil and, you know, his off white show is that in a recent article that we sort of dug up, he kind of mentions this this foreshadowing of this idea of affordable luxury. So within his next collection, do you know what it's called, by the way? His next collection? Yeah, the collection that he was debuting. Um, business Casual, I think. Business Casual. That, is that I mean, what it is? That kind of makes sense to what yeah. he's doing. But he's releasing an individual collection. I don't know if it's separate from the one that was sort of like advertised on the runway. But he's marketing this collection as being what we're calling this entire episode affordable luxury. So um, basically, if you guys know of Off-White, it's a very, very expensive brand for the standards of that gray area between streetwear and fashion or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. It's pretty damn expensive. Um, what can like a sweater range to like 700, 800? Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it depends, but. Even like the Levi's collab, like how much was that? Yeah, like that was very pretty expensive. up there. Under a thousand for sure. Yeah. And it took on the tag of like off-white more than Levi's. So. I mean, I don't know if it was like if the materials were better like exactly, compared yeah. to like a standard like 501 or trucker jacket yeah. or if they were just slapping the off-white yeah. name on there. And that's what know? I dislike. But I, I like how it always comes down to the brand that's... Okay, let me ask you this question first because you have a brand like Off White, right? And they do a collaboration with Nike. Yeah. Who gets the price tag? Nike, obviously, right? Yeah. But why was it? Why would it be with an Off White and Levi's collaboration? Off White gets the price tag. Ooh, that's a good question. I think for one, Nike is the one sourcing the materials, so Ooh. it's already going to be the price points already going to be pretty similar because yeah. the shoes that they did kind of have the same materials as yeah, any other yeah. Jordan or Blazer. They have all of the materials there. So. Yeah, exactly. So the price point's going to reflect that. But I think with the Levi's collab, I think a lot more goes into it in terms of like restructuring or uh, making patterns for like whatever jeans they're going to do. Because yeah. I mean, they aren't, the garments aren't just like a regular 501. They're cut differently. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where the price markup goes. Do and, you think with, in terms of apparel, it's a bit different? Yeah, I think with apparel, it's a bit different because like for Nike, they already have the like they already have the designs for the Jordan one. Yeah. Like so you can and all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. can just alter it. It's not like you're creating something new entirely. Exactly. Makes um, sense. With like apparel, like a Levi's trucker jacket for I don't know. Was it? Well, I know some of the stuff that he's done with Levi's, like it was drastically different yeah. from like the standard. I feel like one, it was so. just dipped. Like if, if, if anybody's ever seen the jacket, it's basically a two-tone dyed um, denim jacket. It's just like color blocking. Yeah, yeah, color blocked. Really, really nice. I, I definitely liked it. They did it with jeans too. Yeah. Um, but it, it just looks like it was, it didn't look like how a lot of pieces nowadays are just two things stitched together. Yeah. This one was more so just creatively dipped, which I thought was cool. But I didn't think it prompted to be upwards towards that 
price range. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, if you're looking at just luxury brands in general, yeah. like Off White is actually a little bit on the cheaper side. More affordable yeah, side. compared yeah. to like a Gucci or Louis Vuitton yeah. or any of the other like standard luxury brands that you have out yeah. there. Um, it's definitely on the lower end in terms of price points. I'm gonna start calling them a Barney's brand, or a what's that, what's another store, uh, a Maxfield brand, or something like that. Like you, you have a general idea of, of where they lie on the spectrum of, damn, that's expensive, or oh, I got that. Yeah, you know. So the reason why we're sort of bringing up this off-white topic and kind of what I mentioned a little bit earlier is that with Virgil releasing this affordable luxury collection in which you know, t-shirts are going to start ranging from 70 to $80. Is that where they're going to be now? Yeah. Really? To like sweaters being two to 300, which is it's a not reasonable price yeah. for the same materials. Um, I'm not sure if like the, the logo placement is going to be as extreme as regular off-white, but it's definitely going to be off-white with the tags. It's not like it's a sub brand like a gap in old navy it's it'll be off white so you're getting that for sure but what does that mean because you know we live in this culture where and and i spoke to to somebody within the dms of our instagram about this he had sent me a an article regarding um h&m and their affordable luxury um sort of line that they're creating i'm sorry if i forgot your name but shout out to you um and also fuck h&m but in, in regards to that, it's this idea of we live in this culture of fake it till you make it, right? And that's something that as kids, and we worked at, you know, at a retail job where we didn't have much money, but we wanted to be dressed in the nicest things. We did whatever it took to feel like we were those guys. Yeah. So in a culture where fake it till you make it is very prominent, especially with social media, everybody is trying to look a part that they obviously can't afford how does a collection like this which i assume like personally is gonna become the trend with like other high fashion barney's brands but what do you think like with the culture that we live in is this is this smart is this a good thing to do um i think this move can be described in maybe two ways one it can maybe be seen as a move to kind of capture a more of the younger audience because yeah. obviously, like you said, you know, 15, 16, 17, whatever, you know, younger people don't have as much money to spend on stuff like clothing, you know? Yeah, of course. So I think this is, this can be seen as a move to kind of make things more affordable to kind of capture that consumer yeah. that maybe doesn't have thousands of, thousands of dollars to spend on, you know, their wardrobe. Yeah. Um, and I think this can be sort of seen from a different perspective too, but also kind of related in that um, it can be almost like a move to make luxury streetwear or high streetwear more yeah. affordable for everybody yeah. to make it more democratic. Yeah. So I think those two viewpoints kind of go hand in hand, but I don't know. It depends like what viewpoint you have. I think inclusivity, if that's even a word, but yeah. being inclusive to... A variety of people regardless if you have money or not is important within streetwear because of the sort of subcultural niche that is developed from it so when you have virgil who obviously could sell a seven eight hundred dollar sweatshirt off the rack no matter where it is you know that's he could sell a hundred eight hundred dollar sweatshirts 
easily, just as easy as a $150 to $200 sweatshirt of the same quantity. But I think his overall bigger picture mindset is, you know, I'm attending all of these these events, I'm, I'm getting, you know, retweeted and tagged in all these photos and a lot of my followers are is are these millennials who don't have that amazing income that i expect my followership to have you know what i mean like these kids are like 13 14 15 like and mind you they're still buying exactly they're still buying it it. they're buying an insane amount of my product and what am i supposed to do like I obviously love the support and they love me. So why not do something to give back to them as well as include more people like them, right? Okay, so let me ask you this question. Like I was saying how there's two different, like yeah. what kind of lenses to look at it through. Yeah. Do you think it's more of a ploy to gain more of that market share, like the younger people's market share? Or do you think it's genuinely to promote like a more democratic luxury market or do you think they both kind of like play on each other like they both go hand and they in definitely hand. both play on each other but if you're looking at a seesaw in a seesaw perspective i think your second point of being more democratic is where it sort of guides its way to and is gonna end up like leaning all the way right because when you look at something like off-white right like the the epitome of what this brand stands for is being that that shining light to the middle that yeah kind of like ever the bridge covered. between the two yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so when you you bring that bridge even closer or actually you separate that gap even more when you make a price that what most people kind of strive for you know like a like a cold wall right yeah they come into the game and they make something that's worth like 400 500 without even releasing a general piece that everybody can buy yeah you know like it's like oh i want to start a brand but i want to price my shit to what i want to price it like he's he's basically saying like you're not going to get the followership you're not going to get the love that basically like i have <laughs> if you keep pricing your shit so high so why not make it approachable for everybody like you said just make it democratic make he probably loves streetwear so much that he's just like let's see how this works you know, yeah, like, like, let's yeah. see what we can do with this. And it, and it makes sense. Like, what do you think? Like, you, like well, I mean, from like from like a business perspective, like lowering your price point in order to be more competitive with other whatever high street brands yeah. like that's like that's obviously a move that is aimed towards getting a bigger bottom line. Yeah. Um, but I think the brand ethos, like you were saying, you know, living in this space between black and white, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think in in essence, what that means is that kind of bridging the gap between kind of breaking down the wall yeah. that there once was between the luxury and streetwear. Because, yeah. like we keep saying in other episodes, luxury and street and street and street streetwear where we were two complete opposites. They were like oh, never mixed. Yeah. Like each streetwear and high luxury would both look down on one another because they were exact kind of like the complete opposite yeah the antithesis of the boss and then the employee yeah yeah so i think in that sense like it's good um but i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future just because the landscape of streetwear and the landscape of fashion in general changes so quickly that i don't know it's hard to it's yeah. kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. So let's talk about the idea of affordable luxury, right? Because that is the main topic of this episode. 
And we're both guilty of it, right? Before we even had well-paying jobs, before we worked for reputable clothing companies as like you get, you know, discounted, quote unquote, discounted stuff all the time. Yeah. How does that feel now? You know, like you don't have to necessarily, we used to talk about wearing some of these, these brands, like we used to like almost like fake flaunt it. Like, oh, you know, like this, this, this is acne or like this is Stone Island. But now that we have this stuff, it's kind of like, it almost takes away that sense of, I, I don't even have to tell people what I'm wearing anymore. It's just like a thing, you know? Well, for me, like I, like wanting these pieces wasn't necessarily about you know flaunting it or trying to stunt for other people it was more so just because i liked the pieces yeah so i think for me like being able to afford quality garments that i really that i could really wear that you like wanted I, to begin with yeah, yeah exactly like that just makes me i mean it sounds materialistic but that's fine that's what this podcast is about <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like it's it makes it more enjoyable you know yeah, what i'm saying of course like it I mean, we went from wearing like fucking 25 cent t-shirts that we yeah. found at the Goodwill to, which I still do, which I still of course, wear of course, yeah. to finally being able to get pieces that yeah, I, that, that is that the, the sort of like epitome of this, this podcast of literally, and it's not to say that we had nothing to begin with, you know yeah. what I mean? But like from our mindset of like, yo, we can get way better stuff if we just put in the time and thrift it and just put in the work. And we were getting cool stuff and we were wearing cool stuff. Obviously, it was secondhand. But now to think like, yo, we have some real money and real connections to get real shit. I mean, by all means, we're not. No, we're not even. We're not even near. Yeah, this podcast has only been around for less than a year. Don't think we're like all of a sudden like killing it in the streets. We're, We're definitely not. Yeah. But in regards to sort of where our mindset is and just having that conversation and and being more in tune with with the clothing that we're wearing obviously we're thinking about it a lot more than normal now yeah but the fact that we are wearing what we we are wearing now i still think it's kind of cool i think it's pretty awesome yeah i mean for me it just it feels good to be able to kind of reward myself yeah because like both of us we've you know we've had our we've had our ups and downs like we both worked a ton we've both been out of a job unemployed, <laughs> unemployed. <laughs> and you know just being able to make enough to you know afford some of this stuff yeah. because like at the end of the day like this is what we enjoy doing like yeah. we enjoy like we enjoy clothing we enjoy streetwear we enjoy fashion in general so like for us this is fun yeah like, fake it till you make it was a huge thing when we were working at in retail it yeah. was like a, you know we we f- try to find whatever we could like that that had any sort of name behind it whether it was something that was retor- returned in store that was like a special collaboration or yeah or even like trying to find, and we worked at Nike, obviously you guys know this, but finding anything that had a Nike lab symbol on it was like, yeah. oh, now we're making it, you know, yeah. we're, we're killing it now, but yeah. it, it's definitely nice. And and I look at it every day because um, just looking at, at my jeans now, I don't, this is just a, a, a tan, tangent, but looking at my jeans and only seeing APC and Acne Studios is a pretty good feeling from like, if you look at like the clothes that I've given away within the past year, it would just all be like old Uniqlo jeans or like Levi's. I'm just like, I like this. 
I mean, not to say that those are yeah, of course, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. they're. I'm always gonna have love for them, but yeah, to to say that, eh, I just gotta put on some Acne Studios jeans on today. Like it's just so nonchalant. But I would never think I would get to that point. You know, yeah. I feel like you'd have to make like like six figures a year to be like casually buy a pair of like three hundred dollar jeans. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, take advantage of sales, guys. Yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Like, do you think that has a lot? Like, they're are still a lot of good deals to be found oh, on definitely steals like designer steals. things like you definitely have to take advantage of that especially yeah. if you're trying to get like an investment piece yeah that's what i always look for during like an end of season sale it's a piece that i could wear especially here in san francisco like it doesn't um like the weather isn't too drastic exactly every season exactly. so everything you can wear kind no of that's year-round. smart that's a good nugget right there is if you're trying to fake it till you make it you just have to do the research you know, you want that Stone Island piece. You want that, that you know, Acne Studios jacket, whatever. Maybe it's even more expensive than that. Shit, look out for that stuff online. Everybody has end of season sales. If there's discount codes all over the place. Outlets, you know, or, or find steals on eBay. But you just have to do the research. That's the whole point of like this. Is, it's just being resourceful, even thrifting. Remember I told you yeah. we went thrifting one time. I don't know why I said we, but me and Nate went thrifting one time. Um, and I came across what, like two off white pieces, um, a Yeezy, a Yeezy season three sweater and like a four, two, four t-shirt yeah. all in one day, all yeah. equated to like at least a thousand, more than a thousand dollars worth of, of clothing retail wise. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like I've never owned a piece of off white in my life. And now I have two pieces. Obviously I sold them because I was dead broke at the time, but I mean, that's me, me being resourceful, finding something that, you know, I've always wanted. Not that bad. I don't want Off-White that bad, but realistically something that I've always wanted and just, you know, putting it in the work, basically. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to be resourceful to find good deals. Yeah. And it's not like I'm buying, it's not like we're buying like $1,000 pieces no. like every year. And no, then, never. Like, I look out for stuff that I know I can, that's going to be versatile in my wardrobe yeah. that I could wear with pretty much anything yeah. and then i'll be able to wear like season after season yeah um so yeah i mean it's out there you just have to find it and let's let, let's let's be clear for a second if we we had a video recording right now you guys could see that nate is currently wearing at least four thousand dollars maybe a little not bit even maybe not like even, three thousand no not even two thousand no not even maybe oh, like a thousand fifteen hundred worth of of apparel on right now so i could say we kind of made it Right, we we may that, look man. like I'm about it. to get jumped. We, nah, <laughs> chill, chill. We may look like it, but don't ask us to buy you any drinks in the club because we definitely don't got it like that. But I think in general, just sort of what we're sort of getting at here is this idea that affordable luxury is is good. I think it's good for in terms of pushing the culture forward because now everything is sort of all inclusive, right? If somebody like Virgil can do something like this, what's to say? That, you know, there's a lot of people that take influence from what he's done with Off-White. Obviously, you can see that within brands like, you know, Cold Wall and um, just a lot of these up and coming, like really expensive fashion designer brands. Do you think some somebody like a, like a Gucci and even Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton with uh, Kim Jones, he just left. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, where does that, where do they sort of go from there? Are they going to be like, oh, let's make this vintage collection affordable for for kids because they're like our major buyers right now like where do you see this sort of going i don't think any of these reputable brands are gonna 
slash their prices anytime soon at yeah. least like i think they have enough tenure in the game to the point that they already know people are going to spend thousands of dollars so true. why are they going to lower their price point yeah like, people are already willing to go out of their way to spend 500 dollars on a on that gucci t-shirt yep um so why are they going to sell it for 250 you know so then what so does that mean then and now we're just looking back at sort of what we said earlier how we have this like this seesaw of, of which which way this sort of affordable luxury leans so do you think virgil is doing this more for to be like an even bigger piece of the culture in terms of streetwear or to do this to basically like undercut everybody else undercut everybody else i mean like going back to the question that i asked you earlier i think it's both like it's obviously like it's a business move but it's also a move that's kind of rooted in his streetwear background like he like he's a streetwear person at heart yeah you know what i'm saying like he obviously he designs like luxury goods now but i mean Dude, at the end of the knows, day he knows like he was wearing in his off-white show he was wearing a stray rats sweatshirt yeah and i'm just like that's the most like subcultural subculturally streetwear brand that's like out well, I mean, there. you have to you have to remember that Virgil is an associate of Kanye West, and yeah. Kanye West is kind of like one of the biggest influences in terms of bringing streetwear and mm-hmm. high fashion together. Yeah. So obviously, he's gonna have his you know his foot in both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows like who is coming up, who to pay attention to. Yeah. And you would you'd be so so surprised by the amount of people that still don't know what or who stray rats is but they're an amazing brand based out of uh, miami i think yeah, yeah i think it's miami but i mean whether you like him or not yeah let me just say this whether you like him or not or like his designs like you have to respect the fact that he became so successful for what he was doing and you know i think there's not a lot of people out there like him that have that are able to basically you know propel themselves into such like stardom in the fashion world of course yeah from from streetwear you know just think about it like you're talking like early failure or not even a failure but pyrex yeah exactly like it was just a a minor blueprint or like even a draft of what off-white could turn into yeah and to see where it is now and to see who he is now yeah it kind of just like exploded like exponentially right like to think that somebody can get that fame. And I think it has to do with the time that we're in now. And he just decided to make the perfect type of clothing for the, like for the exact perfect time timing in terms of how people dress and all that stuff. Yeah. So it just fit in. But I think what he's doing with affordable luxury for people like me and people in my mindset of like, you know, I'm not trying to spend even with money, three, four hundred dollars on a sweatshirt, that's outlandish. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me personally. But to, to the to the people that do that, cool. But for people like me, there's probably a lot of them too. Yeah. They're probably, I would say the majority of people. They're probably yeah. rejoicing right now. Like, hell yeah. Like I yeah. finally get a chance. And and what that does to a person in terms of like, I don't know, you tell me. If you've ever gotten like a piece that was like highly coveted, you say you could afford it or say you want a raffle or something or you had a chance to buy. How'd you feel after that? You felt like like you were felt you felt like you were on top of yeah, top like, of the world. You like, were good. Like yeah. you felt like you were almost included into the conversation of like, yeah. oh now if somebody talks about it, I can talk about that too. Or yeah. I have a bit more 
would you say reputation about behind it well i mean you just have you can speak on it a little bit more because yeah. you have that particular yeah. piece or whatever it is you know yeah that makes but sense let me ask you let me ask you this do you think that that lower price point kind of fuels materialism more because mm. now that everybody can get their hands on it everybody's gonna kind of want it i think so i think obviously we're in a very we're a bit more materialistic than than before i think it's consistently growing and growing you can see that just based on how e-commerce is so huge within the resale game and all that stuff everybody has everything and and we'll get into this in a, in a second but um, as we talk about this sort of like watering down of streetwear but i think with lowering the cost i think it brings it back to its roots because streetwear was never supposed to be that expensive it was supposed to be true. inclusive yeah um so making things expensive almost tailors it to a certain subset of people which kind of have the same qualities which depending on what you want out of that it's 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 based on whoever the creator of the clothing line is like obviously supreme makes their their stuff at a reasonably decent price for certain things but the things that they want to see other people in they make it extremely expensive so you can kind of see how they they place or they place people in buckets depending on how they price their clothing because obviously a skater is not going to wear a you know six hundred dollar playboy puffy jacket you know what i mean yeah it's more so like all right these these price the denim or even like they don't price supreme trucks like skateboard trucks at an insane insane amount right yeah it's meant for certain people so i think with this um it is a little bit confusing because you don't know what it is that he's trying to do exactly but you know he's just trying to make something for everybody and i think that's like at the end of the day that's really important because it's streetwear you know, it's it's reasonably priced. You can't be complaining about a, a sixty fifty dollar t shirt anymore because that's like the that's base like, that's price, like the base for, a price for a lot of brands after yeah. tax and all that shit. Yeah. Like, that's what what to expect. But I think at the end of the day, it, it should be cool. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think other brands are going to follow like you mentioned. I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think it's going to be a test. And I think a lot a lot of and we're we're foreshadowing right now. That's what it is, right? We foreshadowing predict the yeah. future. Yeah. But um it's something that I learned recently is like um like Alexander Wang, right? He's not gonna present his his runway show at like this particular time when everybody is, you know, running their their new collections. Yeah. He's gonna pick and choose when he wants to run it because he doesn't wanna be like pigeonholed to 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 having his clothes like presented at a certain time they should just be clothes yeah and i think that mindset is good even though that's not like designated streetwear or with not even i think off-white's even closer than alexander wang to being streetwear than it is to high fashion yeah i think so so i think everybody's sort of changing their mindset and trying to do things differently i think that that'll be good yeah i think that just adds another dimension to the whole fashion world yeah. you know kind of Fashion has been so deeply rooted in tradition. Yeah. Like whether I mean not not necessarily in terms of garments, but just the way things are. It's an old man sport. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think people like Virgil and Alexander Wang and what they're doing to kind of shake up the industry and yeah. kinda, you know, make things a little bit more exciting for people. I think that's a really huge move. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what the landscape of fashion is going to look like in the next 10 years maybe we won't even have runway shows dude exactly. maybe maybe it's all going to be 
you know, you have to go to an individual show. Maybe they're going to show you around. Like they're yeah. going to show <laughs> like one show is going to be March 2nd. The next show is going to be like March or May, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, which I think is cool because like we were saying, fashion is starting to be more democratic yeah. in that a lot more people are interested in it and it's growing as a business, particularly men too, yeah. I feel like. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see. It's yeah. taking a page out of this Supreme Louis Vuitton book because they're able to see like a lot of these high fashion brands and Alexander Wang of fucking, I can't even name any off the top of my head right now, but they see this, this like streetwear community and how they run shit drops limited edition shit collaborations they see how that brings in this entirely new audience that they want because they're going to be they're going to continuously buy their stuff and some of the shit that never sells out is probably going to sell out because these people care about names they, yeah. they care about the brand name so these traditional old man fucking brands these barney brands that look at it as like damn the only way i sell my shit is through like showrooms like yeah that's it like that's the only way we mass produce mass production i'm sorry that's the only way that we sell things at like to a mass audience is through these barneys and max fields and shit like that so it's like i want to drop shit randomly and have people excited like yeah. there's something about that that not a lot of these brands have yeah i think it's sort of that aura of the unexpected yeah exactly kind of that's what it is keeping every keeping the audience on their toes mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like fashion the fashion world in general is bound by such like a rigid calendar like yeah. you have your, your you'll have your spring summer show your fall winter show like you follow this linear ass like yeah method yeah there's a whole it's it's it goes by a calendar yeah so i think they're kind of like you said taking a page out of um streetwear's notebook mm -hmm. in that they want it to be more exciting because streetwear like the way that it runs it generates a lot of buzz it like does. especially now with it the does. internet like everybody knows about streetwear yeah like we were saying like even my dad oh will my be like God. hey yeah, that's so true my dad will be like hey did you see this that's coming out Dude, on this date when was the last time that louis vuitton was ever mentioned on the news probably never aside exactly. from like the supreme never. Louis Vuitton. like that's like, that yeah. that is what they want like yeah. as as much as they're like on their you know fucking high horse and pedestal is like oh we don't have to be on any magazine or anything people know us for who we are they're probably fucking like jumping with joy when they saw that they're like wow this gives way more exposure yeah because i mean because times are changing like we said street yeah. war is more accessible it's less so a subculture now and part of like mainstream like pop culture yeah. like it's you talk to you go up to a random person and you ask them a question maybe about like a more reputable streetwear mm -hmm. brand and of course they're gonna hear they've heard of it you know yeah. so i think fashion like bigger fashion brands are kind of just shifting the way that they think about it think maybe about the bigger like maybe the grander scheme of what we're trying to to convey is this idea of affordable accessible luxury so i mean obviously there's affordable luxury like actually alexander wang makes like a like an affordable like it's like tease by alexander wang or some shit like that yeah it's just like a subline of like basics and like essential yeah stuff, and you know? i know a lot of people that buy that because it's obviously a little bit less than than some of his original pieces but i think accessible affordable luxury would be a very smart way for a lot of these larger brands to go obviously like look at like 
obviously you're gonna have your one-offs like a Balenciaga. It doesn't matter how much you, they're priced at. Oh, they can sell people anything. Are gonna buy and people will it buy all. it. Yeah. But I think a way to get into that niche of like, damn, if Supreme, if Louis Vuitton could do that with Supreme, and you're like a like an Alexander Wang that a lot of people forget about, or like say you're like a girl's brand like Isabel Morant, and you're just like, how do I get into those like that group of kids? You know, I'm getting all these like. 30 and up people who have this disposable income and work with these fashion jobs like i want the fucking kids that are going to be on instagram tagging us yeah because that's really how they're thinking nowadays yeah you know? because they know that that's the future you know that's like, the future that's, that's the how, future market yeah 10 years from now that's going to be maybe even five years from now that's how things are going to be run yeah. you know people don't even have to market it anymore just they kids don't. kids they will don't. buy their stuff and market it for them whether they know they're doing it or not yeah you know what I'm exactly saying? and i think that's a great point and just to look at it in, in that way it's just man if if anybody from a high fashion house is listening to us now like hey man like help us cure help let us help you curate yeah. your first affordable accessible luxury line you know we why not we're we're down to give you some insight why not yeah you know yeah and um i think this is a great way to sort of end things because um i wanted to talk about this basically just to sort of preface this entire conversation because it is hard to, to fucking buy something for over a hundred dollars nowadays. You know what I mean? Like oh, I yeah, still sure. cringe on buying something for over a hundred dollars and whether you get paid a lot of money or you get paid a little bit, especially if you started out with a little bit, obviously we had something, but when you start out with a little bit, you definitely become a bit more frugal when you get a lot of it. Mm, yeah. It depends <laughs> on what it is. Yeah. It, it definitely depends on yeah. what it is, but I think it was a good conversation to have about this idea of affordable luxury and fake it till you make it because i know a lot of people experience that especially most of our listenership is about that age where you're still trying to figure out you know what you want to buy and you have high aspirations of buying that expensive piece that's off in the distance that acne studio stuff and you know maybe when you get our age they just flexing right now when you when you get our age maybe you can get some of that stuff but for now shit go to a a goodwill go to a, a crossroads go to a uh go online go to go Grailed. online you're find bound to deals. find something yeah. you know if you really want it that bad you'll definitely go out and do the research and find it and that's just sort of bottom line man like be resourceful if you want to fake it till you make it hey put and it by all work. means we're not saying fake it till you make it we're just saying like you know if you want to buy cool stuff actually what we should be saying is at the end of the day like we always say, it's not about the brand. It's about the person that's wearing the clothing. So maybe don't fake it till you make it. Yeah. And just be real and be you. You know I think, what I, mean? I think that's a good note to end it on. That's yeah. a great note to end it on. And that is episode 22. And thank you guys for blowing the fuck up out of our feeds. Like on and, and listening to every episode. Listening to it twice, three times, four times. Listening to original episodes, fucking like I don't know what we're saying that's so impactful and insightful, yeah. but it's definitely working. So, Thank shout you out guys. to you guys. That definitely shit is, grateful for all that. For, for real, sure. man. Like that shit is huge, man. Like I still freak out about it to this day to to think that we sit here and we have conversations that we normally have in private just about stuff that we think is important, and nobody's done this yet. Nobody's had like the audacity to be like, you know, what? maybe we should stray away from talking about Supreme and like Yeezy Boosts all day. Maybe we should have an actual conversation about what really matters in the clothes that we wear. Yeah. So it's pretty surprising that nobody's done that yet. So 
when you guys see us on Fuse TV with Complex or you see us on Viceland on your local, you know, Comcast cable providers or whatever you, you have, know, catches on demand, you know, shoot us a DM and say, I remember you guys when you guys started on SoundCloud. And, you know, maybe if we're, you know, not we don't have enough. We're like yeah. the SoundCloud rappers of the <laughs> podcast game. We're a little pump of the streetwear <laughs> no, podcast whoa, game. No, no. All right. Good. Cool. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for listening to episode 22. Be sure to listen and subscribe to our other show, episodes. Our other episodes. Everything. Like and subscribe to everything that we have our name on. Ooh, also, we'll have some something uh, coming out oh, on yeah. YouTube and Instagram. That'll be awesome. So that'll be. You cool. want to get? You want? You want to talk a little bit about it, or do you want to like just uh, hit them over the head with it? We'll just we'll just surprise them. With All right, it. cool. Yeah. So definitely, if you're listening, stay tuned to our Instagram. Especially, um, we're going to be dropping some some amazing content that we're going to start putting out periodically. It's a dude. I remember when we had this idea. We were freaking yeah, because it was out. such a good idea. It was such a good idea, and I hope you guys appreciate it. Um, and leave us a comment on it if you guys liked it or, or disliked it, and what what you guys would want to see in the future. Because we're fucking we're stewing up ideas as as yep. we talk right now. So uh, thank you guys for listening. That is episode twenty two twenty two of the No Chance Podcast. We out. Peace.